When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Raid. I think that's going a little too far, is my opinion. I, uh, well, if you're being slandered on by Brian Johnson, and I realize we're live streaming right now, that's saying right. that an opportunistic journalist is spreading lies, how could it be lies if it was dictated in Kerrang! magazine 40 years ago? It's not that. It's just starting to, you know... <laughs> As a journalist, he's great. He did his research. There's no doubt about it. I looked at the book. I read it. And he makes a great case for, uh, especially you shook me all night long. Mm. And I'm going to agree with him. I think Vaughn wrote some of those melodies and probably wrote a majority of the lyrics to some of those songs. I agree with that. Um, But I don't think he wrote everything. I mean, who do you, uh, given the dog a bone, which I've said, what do you do for money, honey? Let me put my love into you. That's too crass for Bon Scott style, you know. But I don't, you don't think a song like What Do You Do For Money, Honey, is it lined up with his sense of humor? Yes, but he actually had a sense of humor. This is a little too crass, you know, going down to the filler, down, down. And he was ne- even, he wrote a song about oral sex, go down. And it's, it's explicit, but it's, it's more nudge, nudge, wink, wink than that is tongue in cheek. Yeah. I'm not saying Brian Johnson is being serious there either. Obviously he's, you know, yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't think, I mean, obviously Brian Johnson was directing his comments at him. That's obvious, you know? Well, some see what he said. Some may also think that it was directed at that Walker guy, that former ACDC roadie that wrote yeah. a book about it. I don't know. It's just just weird. Well, that those stories have been going around for probably not when Bond died, but a few years when Bond started becoming a legend. Hmm. I mean, he became a legend in death, but I mean, as, as, as the decades have gone on, his stature has risen. So these stories have been spreading forever. He's the only one who kind of put it together as a journalist, in my opinion. Um, you know, Christopher Walker, whatever his name is, uh, Clinton Walker, that's his name. That's it. Yeah, he didn't. Uh, he kind of hinted at it. Mick Wall didn't find any evidence, so he didn't. He kind of discussed a rumor, but he kind of he didn't he didn't play it much credence. He didn't dismiss it, but he didn't. He didn't go on and on and on about it, you know. He's you know, Manny, we are due for a second interview with Mick Wall. Are we? Well, your- yeah, because Mick had a blast yeah. when uh, he was on the show with us last year, and he said he would love to come back on. He's very gracious for our knowledge and sincerity. And, you know, it's funny. We're saying this as we're live, so we haven't actually started doing the episode yet. This is... But nope. we love giving you this free stuff before the show starts. But yeah, no, Mick was uh, he was he was very cool. And watching the episode again yesterday, because there were a couple of snippets that I wanted to use to reconstitute just to create more content. Yeah, and he, he was really enjoying himself looking at it. Oh, he was great interview because Lou, all you had to say was one word and he just went, you know. It's like he was surprised I remembered the band Mama's Boys, but there's a reason for it because I yeah. love their album Power and Passion. Well, when we told him Vow Wow, he was like floored, <laughs> you know. And he uh, called them loudness on yes, in the Bob. interview. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Vow Wow or or Bow Wow. They, they yeah, they were used to be Bow Wow and then became Vow Wow. Yeah, they're they another Japanese metal band. So you know. Yeah, I so. just. I just bought a Japanese, <laughs> two Japanese metal. Well, Strawberry Path and uh, Earthquaker or Earthquake. I don't remember. Anyway, pretty good stuff. Wayne, uh, you want to sounds do exciting. Pressure? It I, is exciting. I didn't get anything. I did. It's time for Red 
Welcome to Red Cell Review. Two live shows in one week. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? That's a lot yeah. of shows. We're very busy, guys. Uh, and you asked me, what did I get? I got a few things in the yard sale the other day, but uh, they're all in shitty condition, uh, except for this one, Elvis Costello. That's a great album. Kiss Killers. Awesome that's, album. That's hard to find nowadays. It is very hard to find. All scratched up. Uh, Kiss Dynasty. Love ah, my gateway kiss album. I think I have like three of these though. Is uh, that a that one scratched out too? Uh, most likely. Let's see here. Uh, oh yeah. Wait, you got Dynasty in there? Yeah. What's up look, with that? Did you even look at the shit you buy? Uh, oh shit! Right? No, I didn't. Oh, that's the that. Dynasty vinyl in it. Yeah. Oh my oh, god. Cool. Yeah, Michael still Bradville, did you put them up to this? It's still yeah. it's scratched, which sucks because I've been looking for that uh, on record. That's cool. I didn't notice that. Actually, I well, did take it out. I guess I just didn't uh, realize what I was doing. Well, I've, right done, I've done that too, dude. You you have a rare copy of Dynasty in a Destroyer slip disc cover, slip vinyl cover. <laughs> yeah, and this. Ah, great soundtrack. So yeah, I never heard of it. I actually never even saw this movie. But uh, I oh, I wish I still had the DVD. I'd send it to you because I hey. fucking hate it. But it's anyway. A, you hated the movie? I really? hate the movie. You like it? You into it? Of course I did. I mean, you know, when you're 13 Oh, when years I was old, a kid, I liked it. But as an adult, When you're 13 don't. years old, you don't have access to the Playboy channel. That's the closest you got to seeing boobs. <laughs> and then I got this, too. Uh, which the is, best uh, of the four, four solo albums. Really scratched up. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. Oh, uh, did Ace do lines of coke on that uh, record? He, he might have. He might have. God. You know, um, at the, uh, the store I went to, I almost this guy had two scorpions albums and uh he was really cool because he never looked at them so he looked at him and goes i can't sell these to you i'll just give them to you oh. and same thing with a kiss album that was scratched to hell which scorpion really, records and i got uh that. animal magda oh that's great and it's the the uh german release or the european release yeah i can tell that's the one that's the one i used to have because i couldn't find an american version of, yeah. of it and it's now, does that have the original 1981 lineup in terms of um song listing that it's, is the remastered version so it's in the original order it's supposed to be in oh okay because my record i didn't realize it when i used to when i owned it that it there the songs weren't in order right on the back of the sleeve it's in order but then when you look at the record yours it's not in order it's in order of yeah well i don't have it i don't have it on vinyl i have it on cd and i think the cd put it in order the the original cd didn't put it in order either only the remasters do okay so better question what's the first track on side one is it fanfare or the oath fanfare okay there you go that's all i needed to know (laughs) mine was the oath right so it's because it's wrong oh yeah, they, well, the reason know, why the oath was uh, the first track on side one when they first released it was because the label thought that that was the catchier song that would get people's attention, not realizing no, the rest of the album deviated from that song right. stylistically. There, there is no catchy song on there other than I. I personally like the album a lot. Uh, oh, it's it's in my, one of my favorite Kiss awesome albums. Album. Yeah, I love it, but they don't like it honestly. I know I wasn't going to do it, but it reminds me more of uh, something Alice Cooper would have done, except not as dramatic. See, is that I because, told you. Is that because Bob Ezrin produced it? Yes, that's exactly so. why well, it reminds it, me it, of that. It's funny because if you watch my episode with Michael Brandbolt, he explained it perfectly. What yes, say? timeline is everything. So timeline for you as a fan, speaking to me, he's like, how old were you when you discovered it? I said I was 14. So it was 1995. He said, yeah. OK, you don't remember what it was like in 81 when that album came out. You know, they had Dynasty, which sold four million copies, Unmasked, which had gone gold barely. And then The Elder, which was a gigantic nosedive. So there's a reason why for Kiss, it's such a sore point. And then you think they'd rebound with Creatures of the Night, right? Musically, stylistically. No, half the tour, uh, uh, the dates they sometimes played to a half filled arena 
Some dates they played less to arenas. Of I know that's a thousand a or less because I saw them at Lakeland Civic Center when I was 12 years old. It was one of my first concerts and it was half filled. I also remember right before Lick It Up, this is how I still remember. I used to, you know, as a kid, at least when the 80s, you would write on your folder your favorite bands, you know. I did that well into my you, uh, into the 90s. You probably wrote on a rock, though, Manny. Well, I did. I just, <laughs> but anyway, I one time put Kiss, and this guy goes, Kiss sucks. A year later. His mama was, swallowed. What? Yeah, oh, yes, she should have, because he sucked, too. So a year later. Lick It Up comes out. It's all over MTV. They take off their makeup, which is a big deal, believe it or not, even though there was, to quote Paul Stanley, they were selling more steak than sizzle. There were only two original guys by that point. Mm. Anyway, suddenly he's a huge Kiss fan. And <laughs> it's it's amazing. I saw that interview with him and I agree with him. I became a fan about right when Creatures came out at their low point. But Heavy Metal was making a comeback and they were considered a, a heavy metal band at that time. So, you know, see, I, I never because I was too young to remember it. I never considered that heavy metal ever really went away. I mean, yeah, disco was all the rage at one point and, you know, New Wave came in and took over for a while. But, you know, when you watch those rock concerts from the 70s, the late 70s and the early 80s, when did artists like Sabbath or Frank Marino and Mahogany Rush play to an empty house? They didn't, you know, they didn't. That's all of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's why I just think it's funny. You know, metal's dead. And I'm like, well, well no. you know, even when they said it was dead in the 90s. Yeah. Tell that to the European fans. Tell that to the South American fans. Metal only, was never dead. Yeah. Not only that, I mean, the, the veteran artists were suffering, but the the there was death metal that was actually respected by critics. It's just funny. I think they were just trying to be hip, but mm -hmm. um you know, it, it it's not the death metal bands. I mean, critics suddenly loving, you know, this genre and all this shit. Heavy metal has uh, never died. It has just no. evolved. That's all it does. It just keeps yeah. evolving. Yes. Yeah. Like Severed Angels, an evolution of bands that came before it. That's right. Actually. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, uh, Wayne, are you done with stuff that you got? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't remember anything I got. That's about it. What about I got, you? A, I got a Mr. Freeze figure. If you want to see that, I'll have to go get it. But. Okay, so is that from the Batman sixty six or? Yes. Okay, very cool. So Victor oh, Buono. Cool. No, it wasn't oh, Victor and Buono. I got the uh, Bat. I'll, you know, I'll go ahead. I'll go get it. I'll All right, cool. It. So ahead. I uh, I love this album, and I had purchased it on iTunes about eight years ago, but for some reason, this the album never synced to my phone. So I ended up hmm. buying like the hard physical copy of it, and it is uh, White Chapel's two thousand twelve self titled release. I don't know anything about those guys, man. They are from Tennessee. Uh -huh. um, they are. They fall under the umbrella of deathcore, but we actually reviewed their last album, Kin, and it sounds like anything but deathcore. Like they evolved their sound, and I appreciated what they did with it. I think every band needs to evolve and you know find find their voice. But for me, when I first heard this album in 2014. I was completely blown away by it. Um, I, I And like I said, I realized Whitechapel fell under the umbrella of deathcore. To me, they were better than most of the deathcore and even death metal bands. So I highly recommend this album. It's uh, it's actually one of my 10 favorite metal albums ever. Well, I'm going to have to check them out. Yeah. I mean, just I love it. I mean, if you're if you're cool with death metal vocals, you know, I am. I'm fine and hardcore it. breakdowns, you'll like it. So what else did I get? I also, uh, it being uh, a certain special day today. Oh, yeah, that's right. Happy birthday, Lou Mavs. Thank you so Almost much. Lou, happy birthday. Thank you. I'm 21 with 21 years of experience. Do the math, fools. Um, <laughs> so well, I don't uh, want I, always to be the old man in every group I'm in. All right, you look ahead. better than us, Manny. Anyways. So uh, this being my, as I said yesterday, my favorite American horror series, I actually have a 4K Ultra HD and Blu-ray copy of the original John Carpenter's Halloween. Oh, that's so cool. This comes with uh, three discs, uh, one UHD, two Blu-ray, and it includes 
the television cut where they actually shot scenes for it as they were filming Halloween 2. And they used that for uh, the television, um, uh, the television uh, show showings of Halloween on uh, whatever network it was on. When I first saw it, I saw it on Fox Five. So, but yes, the classic, and you know, I, I'd have to say the one, the one horror character to take the throne of Michael Myers, Art the Clown from Terrifier. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I ended up actually finally getting a T-shirt of one of my top 10 favorite bands of all time. Finally got it. Oh, that is so cool. I Thank love you. UFO. Now, I, I don't know if UFO. this is authentic or not. because Who it was cares? It's cool. Yes. It looks kind of fake. It does look kind of fake, but it looks better than the Halloween shirt I got from. Uh, <laughs> yes, that was terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. I think stretched across my belly. But this was on the UFO store on Amazon. And again, I question if it's authentic or not, because the ghost shirts weren't and I never got them anyway. Wow. Yeah, I never buy stuff like that from Amazon. I don't think Phil Vogue is uh, looking at that store very closely. Wayne, what do you got to show off before uh, I show this? And, off? Uh, oh, go ahead. All right. Finally got in the mail, Quiet Riot 2. Mm -hmm. And I was asking who is running this? Why is this out? And in the liner notes, Frankie uh, Benelli's wife wrote mm -hmm. the liner notes here. So I'm assuming she is now in charge of Kevin Dubrow and and her ex-husband's or her... Which is funny because he's not on those albums. No, he's not. But I guess when Dubrow passed away... He owns the name now. It's the possible. Name, yeah, I mean, the name was owned by the management for a while, and that's why in the late 70s, they were able to fire Kevin Dubrow and bring in Paul Shortino, if you guys remember that. That was 87. Is 87? Yes. And then, and then I, I don't know, I, but uh, I'm guessing, I really don't know the story, but I'm really surprised that this has been officially sanctioned. I don't, Obviously, Rhodes a stake gets a piece of the action, but I don't know how that works. Well, I'll take those two albums over their last Hollywood Cowboys, or whatever it was called. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah, that even the one before them was bad. And I like James Durbin as a singer, and I thought as a as a fit live, he fit very well with Quiet Riot. But in terms of the quality of the output of albums, no way. <laughs> Whatever you may think of Kevin Dubrow, if you don't like his songs, you don't like his songs, but at least he could write a catchy tune, even toward the end. But this I is true, but I had I think they should have buried Quiet Ride with him. You know, that's my yeah. opinion. I, I unfortunately had the mispleasure of meeting Mr. Kevin Dubrow. Was he a uh, jerk? He was a douchebag. That's uh, the best way I could put it. And I hate to speak ill of the dead. But, uh, you know, um, if he was alive, wouldn't you say that? So you're not speaking. Well, I said there. something horrible to him as he um, as, as, as I walked away from the club. I said, thank God Randy Rhodes died before you made a fucking dime off his back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if I could take it back today, I wouldn't. But well, there I, you go. I still love Metal Health as a record. I still think it's great. And uh, I mean, look. Every musician has a bad night. It happens. You know, you, you go from opening arenas for Black Sabbath in 1983 to playing the basement voodoo lounge in Bayside, Queens to 50 <laughs> people in 2000. Oh, wow. With, wow. with the with the classic lineup. So, you know, I get it. But if you're going to wait an hour and a half to go on stage because the promoter doesn't want to pay you. Yeah, you know, I get it. You know, fooey on the promoter for not paying you. But there's no reason why you should be going on at 1.30 in the morning and yeah. giving a half-ass show and being a dick to your fans. So, yeah, whatever. Especially, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, well, agree I, with I you. have a, a special guest for Halloween. For Rudy Sarzo? <laughs> no, Kevin Dubrow. I dug him up. <laughs> Come on, eat your brains. I, I had a skull down here somewhere and I was looking for it. I, I can't find it. All my hits songs are from Slade. What? <laughs> well, they were uh, some some uh, non-music related stuff. I got the uh, ooh, Bat whoa, Cycle. that's cool. That's pretty cool, right? I didn't think yeah. it would come in such a big box. Does it come with its own bat shark repellent? 
No, that's probably, ah. the, probably, probably the next thing they're going to release. And then uh, Mr. Freeze, like I mentioned before. <laughs> I've got, of that series, I got the Batman and the Robin. It's on my wall, but I haven't bought the uh, yeah. any others. They're getting ridiculous. And this just came in the mail today. Which is? Can anybody tell what that is? It is uh, from the Vatican. <laughs> well, maybe if the I'm Satanic way, Vatican. I put it that way, it's not. That's true. It is. Uh, what is it? A ghost? What? Is it a Papa figure? Papa Emeritus Two. Oh. Oh wow. The 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 shortest lived Papa. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, it comes on an extra head of uh, without the makeup, and uh, comes with a microphone and cross and all that. But this is from Super Seven. Well, the only one I'm going to buy is the Bon Scott one. As, uh, that, sh- that should be out, I think. I don't know. I'll have to look. Super 7, right? Yeah. And that's who put that out. That was an ultimate figure. So I forgot I ordered that thing. That was like a long time ago. If you get it, we should send it to uh, Jess. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he well, he'd like it. that. He wouldn't like a Brian one. No, we'll send him the Brian one, too. No. <laughs> <laughs> Cold, my friend. Cold. No, I, I actually like the. Uh, uh, it's like I with a pin sticking in it. Yeah. <laughs> or Brian Johnson voodoo doll. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I walk in the park. <laughs> I like Brian Johnson. Not he's no Bon Scott, but who he's is? No, he's no Bon Scott, but uh, he is the lead singer for ACDC, and he's been there for. A few years, so uh, I think oh, only a few. It just... I think, I think <laughs> as long as I've been okay. alive, I think it's been all right. But uh, all right, with so the flick of the swish, you blow your sky high. Are right, you done now? I think. Hell no, we're we're uh, we're gonna do this all night. Okay, Wayne, go ahead. <laughs> Name that ACDC song. Go. Uh, <laughs> uh, giving a dog a bone. That's it. <laughs> uh, no, here's tonight... another one for you. Yeah. Um, uh, what do you do for money, honey? My God, you are an ace! Oh my shit. God, you are an ace, man! Yes, I know my ACDC. Here's the last one. Yeah, <laughs> money talks. Oh my God, give him a cigar. <laughs> He's awesome. And I lost my headphones. Look, Wayne. I uh, since we're talking about Batman, here's one I oh. found at the flea market. Loose. Hello, old chum. Oh, very cool. And uh, his helm, his uh, mask can come off. So oh, very cool. Yeah, they model after those Mego figures. All right, Wayne, uh, do your Iron Maiden thing, right. sir. We are doing... Oh, before we do the Iron Maiden thing, one last thing. Uh, this is going to be our last show for a while. Maybe forever. No, not forever. But uh, I, I, we all need a break. So we're taking a little break and to recharge our batteries and come up with some really good shows when we come back, if we ever come back. Um, but we'll probably come and do something for the end of the year, maybe a show or two in between sometime, but uh, just need a little break for now. Don't get too excited. Don't get too worried or excited that we're never going to come back. We'll be back. We have lives, people. We need to get to them for a little bit. We have to come back to reality. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of things I'm putting off because uh, of this show, there's just no time to do everything, so this will hopefully give me some time. I still got to edit some videos that we have or uh, some cover songs that we've done. So there's a lot of stuff that hasn't uh, that's still yet to come. So stay tuned. But mm-hmm. until then, this is Judas Priest versus Iron Maiden, the final battle. Thank God. Thank God. All yeah. right, Judas Priest, Firepower. It is the 18th studio album released in 2018. It is the band's first studio album since 1988's Ram It Down to be produced by Tom Allen and the first one with Andy Sneap as co-producer. The album sold around 49,000 copies in the United States within the first week of release, debuting at number five, making uh, it the band's highest charting album in the U.S. The album also reached number five in the U.K., making it their first top 10 album in the U.K. since British Steel. Uh, as far as my review of it, when I heard it, I, when I heard Andy Sneap would be producing the album, I knew they were finally going to have a really good sounding album, especially at the Redeemer of Souls. They really had to redeem themselves from that one uh it's funny too because uh as i was reading something where it seemed like halford didn't like the sound of that last album uh and maybe even his vocal performance he says uh firepower is something he can listen to now without self-criticism uh it doesn't matter how many records they've made uh they're always new a new experience you can get with a new producer 
we've always made that perfectly clear. Uh, we know the value of recording with an outside producer. On fire, Firepower, he was encouraged, coached, and captured, which speaks a lot because, like I, I did mention in that episode, I felt like his performance wasn't, you know, typical Halford. You know, I felt like he was like holding back or something. Even the band as a whole, I think something was missing with that album. So seeing that, you know, they had a producer on this one and it's, you know, something that helped them out and it worked. Uh, so they made the right choice and it shows not only in the production, but in the songs and the performances as well. Uh, the sound, this sounds uh, like Priest should. There's actually not one song in here I feel I would skip. And I think uh, this is probably one of the few Priest albums I could listen to all the way through. Uh, now, I haven't heard it in a while since it's been out, uh, but listening to it for this show, some of the songs did come back to me, which I can't say from previous albums. So in all, uh, for some reason, it just turns out to be the final Priest album. Oh, no, if it turns out to be the final Priest album, uh, it would be a good album for them to go out on, as I think it's their strongest and most focused album since Halford just came back to the band. So in all, I think it's a good album. I like pretty much almost all the songs on it. And um I, I can't say anything bad about anything because, you know, like I said, this, this is how Priest should sound. This is Redeemer of Souls should have sounded like this, you know, and I probably would have liked it more. But unfortunately, it doesn't. But we have Firepower. So, Lou? Firepower is my second favorite Judas Priest album in their discography. In the whole entire discography, um, yeah? Oh, my God. So, like, there's very few bands where I could say that the last or most recent album that they did holds up with the classic material that I grew up with and love and cherish as much as I do. One of the only other bands that I could say that about was Rush. I thought Clockwork Angels was a masterpiece of an album. And honestly, the biggest battle that I have with myself over Rush is which album do I like more? Clockwork Angels, Farewell to Kings or Hemispheres. So I guess it depends on the day you ask me which, how I feel. But, you know, Clockwork Angels is the best Rush album. And I think uh, Firepower is the best full album that I can thoroughly say. I've enjoyed every song since Defenders, which is my favorite. Um, from the opening title track, and some of my other favorite songs, Never the Heroes, um, Rising from Ruins, Spectre, which kind of reminds me a little bit of Eye on the Sparrow from uh, the Beretta theme, uh, TV show. Wow. <laughs> um, wow. Traitor's Gate, No Surrender. I mean, you know, there's not one bad song. And, and even the instrumental interlude, Guardians, right. is just, you know, you hear that and you think like, priest is 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 coming you know like that would be like great intro music for them to come out to during their show hmm. so you know um once again richie faulkner in my opinion proves to be the mvp of judas priest yeah. the the way his he plays the way he writes the way he solos um I, I I think you'd be lying to yourself if you didn't say that him and Scott Travis didn't add new firepower, no pun intended, or new, you know, boiling blood to Judas Priest. You know, um, do I miss KK? Yes. Do I miss uh, Glenn Tipton's input? Well, I miss Glenn because Glenn is a classic member of Priest, but... Um, you know, I have to say that the guitar playing duo of him and Andy Sneap live, amazing. I I saw them two times on the Firepower tour and it was solid. You know, it, it, it was just as solid as when I saw Priest the first time. And, you know, I mean, you can't you can't go wrong. I, you know, Richie Faulkner is priest golden boy. So, you know, uh, it's, it's, and I, and I understand that priest is getting inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame this year under musical excellence. To me, the rock and roll hall of fame doesn't mean anything. Um, you know, 
but if you're not if you're not even going to include Richie Faulkner in there, I mean, come on, yeah, Josh Klinghoffer, they're not oh, the Red Hot. Ch- What's that? They're not re- including him. No, yeah, why is he not included? How, yeah, how's that? Junior member, I guess. <laughs> well, you know that's the thing. Black Sabbath didn't include Dio, or they didn't include Dio, which is bullshit. I get not including Ian Gillen and Glenn Hughes, but Ronnie James Dio didn't get inducted yeah, with weird. Black Sabbath. That's I'm, crap. I, I mean, well, this is this this is why the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as as a uh, as an organization disgusts me because of their. Um, their exclusivity or their inclusivity or their selectivity. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Jan Warner can freaking suck a dick for all I care. He really can. Um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame means nothing to me. Priest doesn't need the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And we as metal fans don't need the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Speaking of which, when Kiss was inducted, it was only the original lineup, right? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't you have well, thought to have inducted Eric Carr at least... Eric and Bruce Kulak. What about him? Well, he okay, did last longer than Vinnie Vincent and Mark St. John. So, yeah, I could see, you know. I could see excluding Vinnie Vincent and Mark St. John, but Eric Carr? That was wrong. But anyway, you know, we'll have but, to have a bit uh, an episode way in the future. I'm out clueless there. But you know what? Such a cliche. It's not even worth doing. Really. Yeah. But the point is, Firepower is the best shit that they've done in you know, almost 40 years. So do you good think, on them. Do you think Richie is like one of the uh, best replacement of an original member in, in any band? Basically, No, Absolutely. I think he's the best replacement member for any band. Mm. Absolutely. He is Because usually replacement member, you know, replacement of an original member. They get a lot of shit, but I, I think Rick, uh, Richie's, uh, you know, he's um, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, earned his uh, spot pretty much well also take into account the fact that what was his first tour with priest the epitaph tour which was supposed to be their farewell yeah and if that's not a trial by fire going out with priest on their supposed farewell tour and them realizing hey this works we're playing better than we ever have before and even though i know you hate redeemer of souls i love it but for me for them to come out with redeemer of souls after richie officially joined and then firepower, no brainer. Mm. You know, he he passed his trial by fire. So yeah. I think him and uh, Brian Johnson, which we talked about earlier, the best replacement members in rock history in a way. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding because uh, Jesse just joined the chat. Uh, he wants a word with you, Manny. He said, you Yankee twats. <laughs> what? You, you cunt. Anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, I well, I guess you could argue that, you know, Bruce is. OK, um, three, three. You're right. Bruce Dickinson. I'd have to say you're right. You're right. I didn't think about him, yeah. but I'd say Blaze, but uh, whatever. Uh, Manny. <laughs> Blaze. Firepower kicks ass. I love the album. Every damn song is sounds great. Uh, the lyrics are back to being what they should be. There's a cartoonish aspect in one or two songs, but uh, Never the Hero, great lyrics. I mean, that actually has something to say. Um, the production is incredible. Unlike the last album, and maybe Lou's right, I need to go listen to that album for the songs, but I didn't like the production, and I'm not a production guy mm. yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm not an audio you know uh an audio file yeah but i i love i love the way this album sounds it, it just it's crisp and the songs just just kick and everything about it is incredible um i like when older bands like judas priest you mentioned rush um even acdc earlier um uh, you know, who, who are like saying the hell with commercial considerations are almost not going to sell what they used to anyway. And just, they just do it for themselves. They're hardcore fans. And it turns out that it's usually the right decision because mm-hmm. then that album starts selling because it starts selling to people who never even bothered listening to the old classic albums. It's really good. Aerosmith, if they ever make another album, should listen to people like Judas Priest because new Aerosmith's not going to get played. Stop with the outside songwriters. Do what these guys are doing. You know, 
and it's not just Judas Priest. Uh, Kiss, I know they don't record anymore, but Monster, whether you like it or not, that was their own music. That was their own artistic bent. And I wish more artists would do stuff like that. Anyway, excellent album. I wish I had more to say, but uh, I don't want to turn into, you know, love fest, but I do love it. Excellent album. Next. It, it's hard to say anything negative about it because it's it's a good album. So. Even the cover is cool. Even it, the it is. Even though I, I did hear a lot of people bitch about the cover. It's saying it's stupid looking, but I think it's cool. It fits right in there with their It's stuff, kind of know? a throwback to like right. their classic 80s era. Yeah, it in, is. In absolutely. They almost in the color scheme, too. And um, I like the fact that they look back to look forward. If that makes sense. You know, um, unlike Black Sabbath did with 13. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Tony Oming wants a word with you because it's about Rick Rubin. <laughs> Remember, he was sick. If Tony Oming was feeling better, do you think he'd let him, Rick Rubin, pretend you're in 1970? He would have knocked him out. <laughs> Tony Iommi was healthy when he sold half his share of the name Black Sabbath to Ozzy, which I'm sorry, Ozzy does not deserve. Fuck Sharon Osbourne. Yeah, but wasn't Iommi going to close shop anyway on it? He was again. Gonna, wasn't he going to close shop on Black Sabbath anyway? He wasn't going to get anyone else after Dio died. Well, no. The the reason why Ozzy went after him was because apparently he uh, was going to go out on tour with Glenn Hughes to celebrate the DEP sessions and fused, and it was going to you know former Black Sabbath members and Ozzy put a stop to it when he put it in uh, when he when he sued. Iomi for half the name. But Iomi owned the name for 30 years. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter because according to Sharon, the name Black Sabbath meant nothing if Ozzy wasn't in it. Well, tell that to all the European fans that crowded, you know, these uh, when Tony Martin was with them. In the United States, it didn't mean much, but everywhere else, they were doing pretty good business with Tony Martin. Well, you, you know, we saw the video footage ourselves. We saw that they, you know, played the packed houses but you know how much were they making we don't know i don't know i'm just saying that black sabbath look if tony omin steps on stage it's black sabbath period and the story. yeah pretty much yeah all right uh iron maiden senjutsu senjutsu japanese loosely translated as tactics and strategy strategy it is the 17th studio album released in September 2021. It is the band's first studio album in nearly six years uh, following the Book of Souls, uh, marking the longest gap between two Iron Maiden studio albums. This is also their second studio album to be a double album and their first album since Power Slave to have no songwriting contributions from guitarist Dave Murray, as well as, uh, oh no, sorry, uh, as well as the first since virtual 11 to feature multiple songs written by bassist steve harris alone as far as my review goes uh when i heard this was another double album i was really not ready for it but it's maiden so of course i was going to give it a chance i was away on vacation and heard the new single the writing on the wall and at first listen i did not like it at all uh, then they released stratego and that song sounded much more like maiden that i wanted to hear uh, when the album was finally released, writing on the wall really grew on me, hearing it within the album. The album starts off slow with Sinjetsu, and I'd really, I usually hate slow, slow openers, but uh, I really like this song for how melodic the chorus is. Overall, the album has a lot of ups and downs, and I don't mean in song quality, but it's not just full of long, boring, slow songs, but I think there's a lot of really good mix of um, everything, and it's sequenced correctly because this album is over an hour and 20 minutes long. But for some reason, I never feel like it's that long. Um, after the last two albums, like kind of similar uh, to how I felt with Priest, where is that um, uh, this is what I needed to hear from Maiden, especially with songs like The Time Machine, The Parchment, the, uh, and the closing song Hell on Earth. But really, the, the album as a whole is probably the best one since Brave New World. Uh, to me, the songs are memorable. And again, similar to the Priest album, I haven't listened to this lately, but I remembered the songs. And that's what I like about both of these bands, memorable songs. And we got that with Senjutsu. Uh, normally, I'd say the songs need to be shortened. But here, I think they finally did everything right. I know some of them are a little bit long, but they're not like 
10 minutes long and and like i said i feel like this album even though it's an hour and 21 minutes it doesn't feel that long because the the songs keep you or at least keep me engaged in what the song is uh progressing you know you know towards the end of the songs or whatever so i like this album a lot i think it's it's really really good what about you lou i like sinjutsu uh, overall i'd say it's the one album produced by kevin shirley i think it's his best production with the band hmm. that being said in terms of song quality i prefer book of souls i thought book of souls was a better album however i think that's the last show oh, go ahead. oh very funny um however i i do have to admit that some of the great songs so I, I actually there are six perfect maiden songs on this album for me and they include the title track um i love writing on the wall i love them when i first heard it because you're still a child who are you writing on the wall very funny um because you know <laughs> it was crayons it was, no, erasable marker. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just thought it was cool to hear Maiden actually go a different route. And I think that's what I didn't like about Stratego was the fact that, you know, it was the galloping baseline. But they haven't done it in, in like two, three albums. So I needed to hear that, you know. Well, what was the last album that I remembered? From, um... Oh, dear Lord. Come on. No, uh, not El Dorado. Um Dance of Death. Yeah, El Dorado had the galloping yeah. baseline. Uh, okay, you haven't heard it in eleven years. Oh God, give or take eleven <laughs> years. It's still two albums <laughs> difference. Um, Lost in a Lost World, another perfect track. Days of Future Past, uh, Darkest Hour, and Death of the Celts. And and I like Hell on Earth too. So oh, those nice. songs I love, and I'll finally give credit to the production. It's good on this album. Um, I still prefer Book of Souls, but it was a step for Maiden in the right in the right direction. And by the way, I'm sure many Iron Maiden fans out there have heard that after they wrap up the Legacy of the Beast tour, they are going to be going on a. I think it's called the Future Pass tour, mm. where they're going to be playing selections from Sinjutsu, and my second favorite Maiden album, uh, Somewhere in Time. They're finally revisiting it. Oh, that's cool. Which means that we may actually be able to hear them play Alexander the Great live. And I uh, highly doubt that, but okay. Really? Yeah, I don't think they're going to play. I that. think there's going to be a lot of pissed off Maiden fans if they don't hear that song on that tour. Uh, we'll see. But anyway, um, hopefully we'll get it. But yeah, I, I think Maiden taking that route for their next tour with this album and Somewhere in Time, it's a good route. Very cool. interesting. What about you, Manny? I love the album, uh, which surprised me because I was kind of disappointed with Book of Souls. Hmm. I mean, I liked it, but I didn't love it. It wasn't memorable to me where this one is memorable. I have to agree with you. There's traces of old Iron Maiden in there, but um, maybe it was a production again. I don't know. I don't. We don't spend a lot of time talking about production, but it had a great sound to it. I thought the songs are great. Um, I was really surprised how much I like it when you bring up the songwriting credits about Steve Harris. Mm. His songs used to be my favorite when he wrote Alone. And then over the years, they became some of the ones that I didn't right. that I didn't care for. But on this album, they were perfect. Um I don't do you guys like prog rock at all? I mean, I you know Yeah, of course. Both yeah, of definitely. <laughs> I thought it, it had a prog rock influence, but not as pronounced as the other ones. It was more heavy metal, you know. This, this was the, is the most maiden sounding they've sounded right. in the last few albums. So Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I do like prog rock, and I don't mind long songs, but I'm glad that they didn't really explore. And I was kind of afraid with two albums that we we're going to get, like, you know, all these long songs i think they're pretty lengthy though i think they're about seven minutes average right yeah they're yeah. they're yeah but they're not like overly long you know? and not yeah. only that they're not repeating itself that's one thing james right complained right. about yeah. like angel and the gambler you know do you need a savior and there was other songs that would they would repeat they didn't do it this time right. i don't know if kevin shirley did some editing or suggesting you know which is his job as a producer but 
overall uh excellent album and it's nice that these two veteran bands are looking forward and not just backwards by yeah. embracing their past but also looking forward anyway great albums and if Iron Maiden or Judas Priest go out on these two albums, they'd go out on a creative high. But I hope they continue recording music. Yeah. And this is the shortest review we've ever done, gentlemen. Anyway, it is. I know. We yeah. ended on time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, I, I'm glad these two albums exist. And uh, if they do end up being their final albums, then that's fine by me because they're actually very good. So, Because I'm afraid of what the next album might possibly sound like, you know, because you never know. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, unfortunate but, that we didn't get to hear James's opinion. Um, oh, James Manny, is currently Manny can uh, summarize it. Go ahead. No chunk of chunk of riffs. Uh, where's the screamy vocals? Halpert sings too high. Oh, that sucks. All right, there you go. <laughs> it's pretty spot on, sir. Spot I, on. I, I thought James was here, honestly. <laughs> well, you know what the cool thing you mentioned about on a high? We don't know what. That's a cool thing about Judas Priest. We don't, and Iron Maiden, we don't really know what to expect. A little bit maybe more for Maiden than Judas Priest, but I like that about them. I like the fact that both bands are still willing to take chances. Maybe they're not doing the creative leaps they were doing in the 70s and 80s, but they're not afraid to take chances. They're not afraid to challenge their audience. And for that, both bands should be applauded. And especially at, at their age and how long those both bands have been around and they still release albums. They don't have to, you know, they yeah. can tour on their old songs alone. They don't need to be creating new music yet. They still do. Yeah. I mean, look at all these artists that are, that are you know, still doing that. It's funny. I, I listened to the new Ozzy album. I don't think it's as bad as everyone said it was. No, it's a, no, it's not. It's better than is it better than ordinary man? Yeah. Yeah, it is. But it's, it's almost the same blueprint. You know what I mean? Um, the difference is somehow he wrangled Jeff Beck and Eric Clapton to play on it. Um, like, I think Ralph hates it from what I can tell, uh, who, you know, from who's been on the show before we sang on one of your songs. But the problem with Ozzy's album, it's not, it, it's not like these two, it's not artistically challenging. It's almost like we're going to write this type of song and, you know, we're going to have guests on here for the publicity and, it's almost like an Aussie album by numbers, if that makes sense. It doesn't make it a bad album. It just doesn't. I don't think it's an album I'll go back and revisit. But my point is, these two guys, these two bands are still challenging themselves. And granted, Aussie's in his 70s, but so is Rob Halford. Right. And, yeah, you know, and they're putting out quality stuff. And Ozzy yeah, just, you know. and I think Aussie has the capability of putting quality stuff if he gets better collaborators or stop looking at the charts. I don't know why the albums aren't going to sell what they used to, guys. Just do your thing. Yeah, I mean, when uh, it's funny, like when and I put Randy Rose on the pedestal, uh, those first two Ozzy albums, especially Diary of a Madman, where I felt it was at its creative peak. Um you know, Randy just brought his style into Ozzy's playing. And yeah. it was through his patience and guidance that they were able to construct those songs. And all the credit to Bob Daisley for writing those lyrics. There, I said it. Um, you know, and, and I'll give Jake uh, credit, too, because Bark at the Moon, again, those riffs. Um, I mean, with the exception of um, Slow Down, uh, not Slow Down, I'm sorry. I'm so tired, so tired which, yeah. which I listen to that song and I want to, you know, <laughs> commit sepulchre um you know uh, but the, you know e but that's okay because even for a song like that you got songs like waiting for darkness or center of eternity yeah some of the best songs ozzy released in his solo material um you know the quality goes down when you surround yourself with a bunch of yes men yeah i agree with you the producer of the ozzy album is a guy named andrew watt andrew watt for got to start with Glenn Hughes in California. What was the name of the band? California Breed, and he ditched them. Yeah, and the album's pretty damn good. But honestly, it just sound. I love Glenn Hughes. I'm a huge fan, but it it could have been interchangeable with a Glenn Hughes solo album. It didn't really have a its identity that much of a band identity. Well, at least but, we still have Black Country Communion, which is great. Yeah. Yes, but right. I, I just think the Aussie album. 
I like it. I don't love it. I stand by what I said. I, I think Ozzy is talented. I'm not going to shit on him, but it, it I kind of wish that he would have done it like the old day send a room with Zach Wilde and the producer and, and hammered it out or whoever he's going to collaborate with. Anyway, yeah. Wayne? Well, I don't think we'll ever get that again, but uh, no, going, back to the, going back to the priest and maiden stuff, uh, what are we going to give uh, priest, Lou? Uh, well, uh, priest, uh, Greg gives it a nine. Greg gives it a nine, and I give it a ten. You give it a ten. And what about you, Manny? What my? I give it a ten. Oh, ten. All right. And what about Maiden? Oh, I give that a nine. So, and then what about Maiden, Lou? Ah, both Greg and I give it a seven. Oh, a seven, huh? Okay, fine. Be like that. And I give it an eight. And you give it an eight. And I give it a nine. So, even though uh, Judas Priest won this round, Iron Maiden is the clear winner of who is the best between Iron Maiden and Judas Priest. It is Iron Maiden with eight and Judas Priest with six. That's a matter oh, of you're opinion. wrong. Judas Priest is way better, but that's my opinion. Anyway, well, this ahead. is the official ruling now. Nobody else can say Judas Priest is better than my Iron Maiden. This is official. Iron Maiden is better. <laughs> well, well we're going to have to redo it, though, because we were supposed to do um, Final Frontier with uh, Matter of Life and Death. So we Actually, watched you, that. you know what we should do? Is uh, when we come fire back. James, I agree. Well, no. <laughs> fire James, but also uh, we should go back and listen to all the live albums and then rank all those. Oh, go fuck that! <laughs> doing that. What's no. next? Halford versus Dickinson? <laughs> yeah, good idea. I'm not fucking doing that. How about oh. this? How about Paul Diano versus Al Atkins solo output? <laughs> <laughs> Paul Diano would clearly win, and, um, and, and we'll throw in Dave Evans solo output oh too. My god. Oh god. Oh God! No, Dave can't. Evans versus Jordy. That's what we do. Well, <laughs> on that show, we should have Jesse uh, as a guest. <laughs> like, what are you lot talking about? You're a bunch of wankers. Too funny, but uh, yeah. So from now on, if anybody asks you who do you like better, Iron Maiden or Judas Priest, just tell them. Rat Sound Review said Iron Maiden is the best. That's just, insane, but all right. We'll yeah, go. I'm with Manny. <laughs> yeah, that's insane, but we'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, uh, anything else? I guess that's the show is over. And like I mentioned earlier in the episode, that uh, this will be our final episode for quite a while. So, um, anything else going on? What do you got going on, Lou? What do I got going on? Uh, well, I, as I mentioned last night at the end of our Night of the Living Dead episode, um, I have a couple of episodes of Music is Live podcast that I'm currently editing. Uh, one is an interview I did with Willie Merwin, uh, Professor Willie Merwin, uh, the author of The Meaning of Metallica. I also have um, the gentleman behind Gene Simmons' Moneybag Sodas. Uh, I have Signal to Noise, which, again, I have to thank Michael Brandvold of uh, Michael Brandvold Marketing for those two interviews. And uh, I have my buddy Matt Michelow on talking about his production work, as well as actually get I got to interview an artist that he recently produced um, out of Indonesia, which was pretty cool. It's my second international musician to have on the show after Sasha Gerstner of Halloween. Mm. And uh, on top of that, I actually just did a song with Matt for his Michelob Beats project. So, you know, it, it was funny. Like he sent me the beat. It was sort of like a not a Calypso. It was a Soka beat. Mm. And he sent me the actual music. And I was like, this is cool. I'd ask him, do I have permission to change it around? And he said, yeah, yeah, do what you got to do. So like, I just threw in like this A, A, G, A, A, G, A, A. Like I threw that in there and I just started doing like chords over it. And I just started layering, layering. He's like, you son of a bitch. What do you expect me to do with it now? It's perfect. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. I wrote a Soka song. So yay. Yeah, that is cool. Yes. Yeah. Let's see the uh, everybody in Miami dance in the rain so they're hot and sweaty in the summer sun and let's just have fun with it you know music is life what can i say that's what did, we do did you get clearance from severed angel to do that though 
what the fuck is this uh eddie van halen recording beat it from michael jackson forget it i'm not gonna ask for clearance i don't remember you getting clearance for that but i'll let it slide i won't tell anybody <laughs> that's okay because i just told everybody oh shit we are live all right yeah. well, it is what it is hey man uh, i'm a musician i just i do what i do uh, but seven angels are baby so you're good at pretending at least uh manny yeah nothing going on you can move on well, your friends at uh, Chin Up Tits Out, are they doing anything? Yeah, they're, they, uh, they uh, put out a podcast every week, and there should be one out, I believe, tomorrow. Oh, very so, cool. Anything good? Yeah, yeah their last one was pretty good. It was about, they're kind of funny because they start out really funny, and then at points they get very serious about their <laughs> lives because they were talking about when they went to jail. And it starts My, very light. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's not a serious it, subject matter. Well, it wasn't like jail, like, you know, dumb teenage crap is basically. If they've been arrested, is really. But one of them had a really serious story. And, like, you know, so it's fine because they start out and they're really funny. And they're very, you can tell they're very smart women. And then somewhere along the line, they tell one of these stories like, my God, that is really heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's like, and the then they start talking about, you know, bullshit again, which is yeah. fine, which is what people like, but they're, they're, it's very cool podcast. So. I don't think yeah. we've ever gotten serious on Ratsaw review. We're too goofy. Um, we're doing we're... the, the serious we've ever gotten was uh, when Troy beat his son. That was about it. <laughs> <laughs> when Troy beat his son, we yeah. were we. Me and Lou weren't part of that. This is no. before you got your classic lineup together. Way, are you sure you're not talking about when a certain uncle character slapped his stepson? No, that wasn't on here. That wasn't on Ratside Review. No, we're talking about Troy here. Yeah. Troy Nor. Yeah, slapped his son. Oh, I don't know what he did. I just heard a noise <laughs> in another room. BBA and Troy Nor, dude, the man who never returns our messages. Why he, he was supposed to come on the show, but uh, something the, happened. The man who approached me at uh, the D Snyder record release show, saying, "Hey, you took my job." <laughs> he took. Oh, your what job. do you replace? Did, well, if he wants, uh, if he wants to come back, I'll, I'll let him take. No, 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 Manny, you staying? He wanna, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he just. He won't look as cool as me. So but we, we have to tell uh, Rocky Baya in Indonesia to create a puppet for you and James. It's coming. <laughs> it, it'll definitely come. Um, anything else? Uh, oh, Severed Angel is releasing our Halloween song, Bump in the Night, this Friday. So be on the lookout for that. Hit the, uh, I don't know what you hit on that thing, uh, save or something. I don't know what you do. But... Go, go to our link tree, link tree, Severed Angel. You can get access to it's our band weird. camp. Can you from type there? in like link tree or do you have to type link and then dot tree or it's however it's link spelled? Link tr dot ee forward slash. Yeah, that's retarded. Yeah, I know. Anyway, uh, but yes, link tr dot ee forward slash severed angel. And that has all the links to our social tree. media, to our YouTube, to our band camp, to our iTunes, Spotify. Am- I don't think I have Amazon on there. But, you know, uh, all that is there. The dot com should hopefully be up soon. And um, and we actually just got our latest track mastered today. And um, I think we're looking at a December release for that. But it's sounds really good. So yeah, pretty cool. Uh, Anything else? Oh, I just did an interview with Stu Marshall. So that will be up probably next week and uh, have another one later and then one tomorrow. But uh, so there will be some other episodes, but obviously they won't be live. So uh, after those are done, I'm done. And uh, we will see you when we see you. And until then, go to ratsoundreview.com. There will be our other shows. The other shows that are on the network will still be up there. Lou Maz will put his shows on the uh, podcast and wherever else he wants to put them on the YouTube channel, whatever. And so will uh, Mark and Jerry, BS Sessions and um, Metal Thrashing Nerd. They'll still be on there as well. And uh, just the cheese, please. And uh, I think that's it, right? Yep. And uh, thank you again to Mark Alvin Taylor, uh, Freeform Rock Show, for having us as guests on his show. So. Yep. And it will probably show up on, on his show uh, at some point. So keep your eyes open. Keep them peeled. So uh, again, thank you very much for watching the show this year. And uh, oh, thank you also as well to the uh, subscribers that have just subscribed the last uh, two days. We're up to 853. And if we get to 1,000, Episode, uh, subscriber 1000 we will not only give you a copy of the Def Leppard tribute album that Rat Sound Review is on 
but I will also upload an interview that me and Lisa Mann did with Matt Thompson from King Diamond. So make sure you guys hit that subscribe button if you want to see that interview. Good stuff. It's been uh, it's been in the vault for quite a long time, and it needs to be unveiled because it was a very fun interview. So we will see you guys, hopefully, rather sooner than later. Goodbye. Thank, thanks for all your support. Demoni. Wait, would you uh fucking stop? <laughs> wow.